We hope you're enjoying The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature. The following podcast is something a little different. Our organization recently celebrated its 30th anniversary, and we have a treasure trove of inspiring and practical stories that we want to share with you. We will be releasing these in a variety of formats on this feed periodically, and we hope you enjoy it. Let us know what you think. Email radio at Bioneers.org or tweet to us at Bioneers. You can also explore our videos and articles online at Bioneers.org. We're currently witnessing a national and international uprising, demanding an end to the systemic racism that enabled the unforgivable police murder of George Floyd and many other black men and women. The following is part of a series of short episodes we'll be sharing in support of this movement for change. At the Bioneers Conference in 2017, we spoke with Heather McGee, distinguished senior fellow at the organization Demos. McGee describes how the election of Barack Obama resulted in both a racial backlash and the illusion that we were suddenly living in a post-racial society. She also shares a hopeful story that demonstrates a pathway towards healing the divisions that harm us all. You certainly can't treat a disease if you, you don't know you're sick. And so this consciousness raising that's happening in the country right now, you know, that really began with the repeated video footage of unarmed black people being killed by the police and the sparking of the movement for black lives and Trayvon Martin and Mike Brown, where the reality of unequal justice just became front and center in national news. And then the vitriol and hate and cruelty of the Trump campaign, uh, where he came down those gilded stairs and called Mexicans rapists and criminals and announcing his bid for president. It's really made many Americans who, who felt that the struggle for equality under the law had been achieved, not just with President Obama, but actually by Martin Luther King giving a speech, you know, um, by Rosa Parks sitting down. Um, I think that we are emerging from the denial phase of how deeply embedded a belief in racial hierarchy, the idea that some groups of people are simply better than others, um, is to the fabric of our nation. That said, there is also still a bunch of sort of backlash denial. And in fact, what we're seeing now, and it's really been driven as a narrative of grievance with conservative media, right wing media, where, you know, they're very clear about the story they tell, which is that white people are victims, that people of color are disrespectful, demanding, criminal, uh, getting things that they don't deserve, uh, getting things for free at the expense of white people. And you can't turn on a right-wing talk show or a radio show without hearing some sort of latest example of that story. And so we would be fools to think that that story, which has been on blast relentlessly, um, you know, really ever since the advent of Fox News and the right-wing websites and talk radio in the late 90s and 2000s, would not be shaping consciousness of the people who watch it and who consume it. You know, when I, um, about a year and a half ago almost, I was on a show 
on C-SPAN's Washington Journal and I had, it's a call-in show and a guy called in and identified himself as Gary from North Carolina and he said, I'm a white male and I'm prejudiced. And he went on to explain his prejudice and he said, I, I see the news and the black crime and the drugs and the gangs and I'm afraid. And then he said, but I want to change and I want to become a better American and I want to know what you think I can do to do that. So I responded to him, uh, you know, kind of from the heart because I was actually very touched at his willingness to admit his prejudice, you know, at a time when Donald Trump was saying there's not a prejudice bone in my body <laughs> for this guy to, you know, humble himself in front of a national audience and admit what we all know to be true, uh, which is the prevalence of prejudice and the effect of those images that he called to mind on shaping people's beliefs about black men in particular, which is who he was referring to. So I thanked him and I gave him some ideas off the top of my head about what he could possibly do to kind of integrate his life and de-bias himself. That clip of our exchange ended up going viral and it has over 10 million views and it's just created this massive response. And one of the people who was touched by the response was Gary himself. Gary ended up contacting me. He joined Twitter to, to message me. His first tweet was, how does this thing work? Um, so he contacted me and I ended up going to North Carolina for work and stopping by to, to visit him about a month after that call. And lo and behold, Gary had taken my advice to heart. He has sort of turned off the TV and become a much more critical consumer of media. He really blames the the stereotypes in conservative media for conservative media and reality TV, quote unquote, reality TV for his biases. He's um, become an avid consumer of books about African-American studies and African-American history. And he's really forced himself to get into social situations with people unlike himself. Um, and I, I raised that story about Gary because I think it's really important for us to get very real about how pervasive the negative stereotypes are about people of color. Viewers of Fox News, they have for breakfast stories about criminal Mexican gangs. You know, for lunch, it's Islamist terrorists, you know, in your small town working on developing Sharia law in your courthouse. And then for dinner, it's, you know, inner city thugs. And that has an impact. And what we consume shapes us. And um, we live in a pretty segregated society where most white people don't have intimate relationships with people of color. And we know that even though there are, of course, many examples in our media of positive images of people of color, we also know that the way that the brain works is that when you see something negative about an out group, about a group that you've decided is an other, you're more likely to believe that and and sort of dismiss or make a sort of individual story about someone in that out group who is positive. Whereas, of course, the majority of crimes committed in this country are committed by white people. And yet all of those stories of crime, crimes committed by white people are seen as sort of individual cases, whereas when crimes are committed by people of color, it's a pathology that affects 
and infects the entire community. So we really, um, I think, do have a lot of work to do. And I look not to the Garys of the world, but to the people who are profiting from the stories that Gary is consuming, uh, the politicians who get the votes of Gary's and then take away their money and their health care to line their own pockets, the paid bullies in the corporate media whose job it is to entertain uh, and demean people of color for ratings. I think we have a long way to go in this country, but I think that the events of recent years have also raised a level of consciousness among all people people of color and white people and different communities of color about the need, the need for racial healing, the need for us to come together as a people uh, and the persistence of racism and bias. You can listen to more of Heather McGee in the Bioneers episode titled, Who is an American? Is our democracy as unequal as our economy? You can subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, and please share episodes you like. Thanks for listening.